0: The Water Values Podcast is sponsored by the following market-leading companies and organizations. By 374 Water, pioneering a new era in sustainability. By Woodard & Curran, high-quality consulting engineering, science, and operations services. By Interra, innovation and stewardship for a sustainable tomorrow. By Xylem, let's solve water. By the American Water Works Association, dedicated to the world's most important resource. By Black & Veatch. Building a world of difference by Can Do, providing actionable insights from utility wastewater data to improve environmental and public health, and by Mentor APM, intelligent asset management software built for water. This is session two twelve. <sighs>
1: Welcome to the Water Values Podcast. This is the podcast dedicated to water utilities, resources, treatment, reuse, and all things water. Now, here's your host, Dave McGimsey.
0: Hello, and welcome to another session of the Water Values Podcast. As my daughter, Sarah said, my name is Dave McGimsey, and thank you so much for joining me. I hope everyone had a happy Easter, Passover, or whatever you celebrated this past weekend, and you got to spend it with family and friends. And of course, thank you for tuning into the show. We've got a great and important program for you today, and I always find it intriguing when a utility reaches out with a podcast idea. So when a major water utility contacted me recently about having its cybersecurity professional uh, come on, I scrapped the cyber episode that was on the drawing board and opted to bring on Mike Sumner of the Consolidated Utility District in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. So you're in for a treat because Mike does a fantastic job in just a thirty minute interview, and I must say that you know most cyber trainings take hours uh, and is are done a couple times a year. At least that's how we handle it at my shop, and so this episode should be taken not for as a comprehensive cybersecurity training. Really, this episode helps issue spot, helps give you some basics, and if you don't have a cyber program in place, you need to hire a cybersecurity expert, and you need to do it today. Well, we always begin with a hearty thank you to our sponsors, 374 Water, Woodard & Curran, Interra, Xylem, the American Waterworks Association, Black & Veatch, Candu, and Mentor APM. What a terrific collection of impactful companies. have decided to support water industry thought leadership and education, so thank you all. And I'd like for you to do me a favor. If you work for or with any of these sponsor companies, please thank your boss or thank your contact at that sponsor firm and tell them you appreciate their leadership in the industry through the sponsorship. You'd be surprised how far that simple little note of thanks will go. And as long as you're letting the sponsors know you appreciate their support of water industry, education, and thought leadership, why not leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, CastBox, or whatever other podcast directory you're accessing the podcast on. It'd be greatly appreciated and, of course, helps others find out about the podcast. And also, please don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on your podcast directory of choice. Well, now it's on to our featured guest, Mike Sumner, the director of information technology at the Consolidated Utility District of Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Let's get that water flowing. Well, Mike, welcome to the Water Valleys Podcast. Great to have you on. How are you doing today?
1: That's good to be here, David. Thank you. I'm doing well. Um, thankful that the weather's kind of warmed up just a little bit. <laughs> a Little cold spell last week, but here we are.
0: Yes, here we are. Here, and we're we're talking about cybersecurity today, uh, something that you are that is near and dear to your heart. Uh, but before we get into that, could you uh, might give us a little uh, background on who you are and how you got uh, into the water sector?
1: Sure. Um, again, Mike Sumner, Director of Technology for Consolidated Utility District. I got into the water side of the shop about three years ago, coming up on four years ago. I uh, I was an IT director for the automotive sector, and my position was moved to Mexico in a cost savings measure, which freed me up uh, about the same time Consolidated had a technology director position open up, and uh, lo and behold, it worked out, and here I am. Been in technology for over twenty, four five years now—a long time. Yeah, but yeah. Cybersecurity is something that has become increasingly important with every uh, every tick of the clock. Uh, as you can imagine, uh, the focus on data and data importance.
0: Yeah. So, uh, I, uh, real quick. You indicated you came from the automotive sector into the utility sector about three or four years ago. Um, yes. Um, do you, were there any big differences uh, between those sectors? I mean, just kind of curious where where the utility sector is, is situated uh, sure. in relation to other industries.
1: As far as the tasks themselves and the security requirements, they're really the same, um, We need disaster recovery plans in place. You know, we need business continuity. We've got to be able to serve our customers with quality data and data that's secure. Those are really all the same. The changes really are around, you know, in the automotive sector, um, we do have certain compliance regulations depending on which side of the sector you're in. Um, we were a Japanese-owned company, so we were subject to JSOC's requirements and that kind of compliance, as well as PCI for credit card transactions. And here in the water sector, um, being, you know, really owned by the customers per se, um, we're not subject to JSOX compliance. We do have a handful of audits every year that happen, um, and, you know, we have to make sure that we're compliant to those but it's it's not like it's a, a SOX compliance. We are definitely uh, under the PCI compliance as it relates to credit card and credit card information for our customers. Got it. Uh, so let's let's talk about
0: you know big picture cybersecurity. You know, people it's it's that term is thrown around all the time. Uh, can you kind of boil it down into to what cybersecurity means for
1: the utility sector? Sure. For the utility sector, it's really. You know, we think of it in a couple different ways people, process, and technology. And I try to break it down that way. Um, As cybersecurity relates to us, it's really about our infrastructure and our data. So, for the water sector, uh, we're very sensitive um, both to location as it relates to infrastructure. Uh, Say, for example, you know, we've got a water treatment plant here in the county. Uh, You know, we have to think about things like what if someone were to physically try and, you know, impact water quality with some sort of a, you know, an event. Uh, So physical security enters into cybersecurity at that point. Um, And then you think about the data. Um, The data that we are entrusted with is something that, you know, we take the importance of that very personally. Um, that's why we think about layers of security, you know, encrypting the data at rest, encrypting the data in motion, making sure that, you know, there's layers of firewall protection to protect consumer data. You know, I, we, thankfully, you know, with, as, as part of the PCI compliance as, as it relates to cybersecurity, we don't keep any credit card information or customer credit card information On site, we can, Uh, you know, that's that's outside of compliance, but uh, we use a credit card processing firm and they are held to those strict levels of security uh, for PCI. So, you know, we we think about anything from customer address data. We think about, you know, uh, banking information that may come and go through here and making sure that, you know, if we do use uh, a web enabled, solution like Office 365, that 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 solution is secure. And um, that solution isn't something that is easy to get into. So cybersecurity gets all the way down to when you think about email, you know, it would be, I guess, 90% is the stat right now, 90% of all cybersecurity events happen because they started in someone's email someone gets some sort of a spear phishing attempt and uh, you know some sort of an email trying to get your data trying to get your password you click on a url and bam you're there so we try to as it relates to the water sector we try to think about cybersecurity in layers from the outside in and make sure that there's gates and levels of protection all the way through up to and including you know password policies. Here in, at, at CUD, when I first came here, there really wasn't much going on as it relates to that. So we implemented a complex and a length of password policy. And uh, we have found, according to the current 2022 hacker brute force attacks, if your password is six characters or less, it doesn't matter if you have numbers, and lowercase, and uppercase, if it's six characters or less, it can instantly be hacked. If your password is eight characters or less, and it doesn't, it does contain numbers and uppercase and lowercase and symbols. It's still thirty-nine minutes. But once you get to twelve characters and beyond, all the way up to eighteen characters, uh, that's that's really what we've tried to do here. Is you know we go all the way down to the bottom level with pass phrases instead of passwords. For example, you come up with a phrase. You know, my dog has fleas, um, and then insert special characters, uppercase, lowercase. Now you're talking 438 trillion years to try to crack that password. <laughs> well, you've,
0: you've explained at least a little for me why my firm went to the minimum 12 uh, character passwords. So, um, yeah,
1: so 12, it's funny, 11 characters, it takes 34 years. But when you get to 12 characters, it's 3,000 years. <laughs>
0: That's that's crazy. Um, So another reason that cybersecurity is so prevalent or, you know, so top of mind right now, uh, beyond some of the events that have occurred over the last two years is the Ukraine war. And everyone has heard that, you know, cyber attacks are going to intensify. Have you seen any uh, increased cyber uh, attack activity or or how are you how are you monitoring that type of
1: stuff? You know, that's a great question. As a matter of fact, um, there are several um, sites and metrics KPIs that I'm watching as as part of my daily job. Um, one site, I think I even sent it to you, uh, Kapersky has been in the cybersecurity industry. I mean, they're, they're one of the originals that helped create malware protection, and they have a... A cyber threat real-time map, and it literally is a 3D view of the globe, and they can track various types of goodness. I think there's nine different types of cybersecurity threats that they're they're tracking. Anything from ransomware, um, goodness, they track antivirus protection, intrusion detection. They track different vulnerabilities for scans. Say, for example, someone's trying to scan so. Watching that map has been really intriguing. I've been watching it for several months now, and it was pretty quiet. Um, you come around, you know, November; it wasn't wasn't too loud. But with this 3D uh, illustration, this map that spins in front of you, they show you the detected cybersecurity attempts in those various nine types of attempts. And I will say, since just before the Ukraine invasion, that map has lit up. Uh, certainly, the US is now the third most attacked country from a cybersecurity perspective. Russia's number one, Germany's number two. And all this because we try to use tools like this, the cyber threat real time map to, to make sure, you know, we understand what's coming our way, much less the layers of security that we have to employ.
0: Yeah. So uh, talk, let, let's walk through some of the, some of the types of cyber attacks that utilities might experience. I mean, you mentioned spear phishing earlier, uh, sure. which is different than phishing. So can you kind of just walk through the, the various types of attacks?
1: Sure. Um, largely, like I said, 90%, according to statistics from um, organizations rooted in cybersecurity, 90% of of the successful malware attacks come from email. So we really try to focus, let's, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about email here um, at CUD uh, you know, we've been trying to train our employees, much like the question you just asked, you know, what is it? What is phishing? What is malware? What is spear phishing? What are, I mean, what do they really want? Well, number one, they want your data whether it's personal data, business data, or financial data, that's the goldmine that these hackers are after, you know? We ask ourselves questions like, you know, what different types of cybersecurity threats are out there? Well, number one, malware is a very wide definition. It's essentially just software designed to cause some sort of disruption. And in today's world, back in the day, You know, we'd have antivirus software, and that's where Kapersky came into the scene way back in the day. And you've heard of companies like McAfee and Norton. But uh, nowadays, it's, it's not so much antivirus that we're concerned about. It's the malware, some sort of an application designed to cause a disruption of some sort getting into your system. And most often... Uh, malware will then be tied to something called ransomware. Mm -hmm. You've heard of a lot of the different events. And in recent, I'd say in the last year, year and a half, where various organizations and government institutions have had some sort of an email come through, a user or a team member inside that organization clicks on it thinking it's, it's justifiable information, we can check it out, and it ends up installing something on that person's computer, and the computer, person's computer gets locked. There's a machine. There's a message that comes across the the screen, it says, you know, you're you now have been hacked. Uh, we demand a certain amount of cryptocurrency to be sent to this this Bitcoin wallet or whatever wallet, and that's ransomware. It got in through malware, which came in through your email, which essentially that's spear phishing, right? Phishing with the ph. Is essentially someone trying to send something into your email that looks legit. Specifically, spear phishing does look legit. There, phishing could come from any email or any, even nowadays you see it on your phones, you'll get text messages from something that looks legit, but it's not. And it's really an attempt to grab your data. So spear phishing is making it look like it come from your boss. If you look at the email at first, it has your boss's name. But if you look closer at that from email, you might see your boss's name, him or her, but the email itself is not quite the same. That's spear phishing. So that's really what we focus on here at CUD. If I can stop that 90%, we use tools and layers of security, stop the other 10 to 20. But um, that's really how things get started.
0: Yeah, I I know that our cyber guys kind of say that the... um that our best line of defense is us our you know our our employees because Absolutely. we're the ones who are kind of opening the door and inviting them in if we're not careful
1: this is correct
0: um so there was a widely publicized uh hack of a Florida water utility uh, a couple of years ago can you talk sure about is. about that um yeah. that event and kind of what what the water utility industry has learned since then
1: yeah, sure. Let's talk about it. So it was really awesome timing-wise. I mean, here we were in February of 2021. All eyes were on Tampa Bay. Um, we were excited about the Super Bowl. At this point, it was Tampa Bay Bucks going to play the Kansas City Chiefs, and I mean, that's that was all the buzz, right? We were excited about seeing what would happen. Is uh, you know, is old school Tom Brady going to get another ring? Uh, you know, is <laughs> if the new Mahomes going to be able to upset this guy? Super Bowl 55 was really all the buzz. And it it turns out it didn't matter about the Chiefs being 16 and 2 and the Bucks being 14 and 5. What mattered was two days before in Old Smart, Florida. um, That's about 17 miles from the stadium. Now you can imagine what would have happened if the event I'm getting ready to talk about was successful and the impact it would have had on hundreds of thousands of people in that Tampa Bay Super Bowl. Arena area, but Oldsmar serves about only fifteen thousand people at that time. Normally, you can imagine that it swells with, uh, you know, a Super Bowl event. It's a pretty small utility. I mean, they've got a low number of employees. Um, specifically, Oldsmar was targeted because it was a small water treatment plant, like a lot of us, right? Well, attacker had gained access to something called their SCADA system. In the technology world within the, the water sector, you've got IT and OT. IT specifically, as you can think of as often, like, you know, in the office, in the administration, information technology. Um, OT, think of like, let's just call it operational technology out in the field. So all the technology required to make the valves and, and the radio frequencies communicate and talk. And, you know, you go all the way out to your tanks. think of all that type of technology as OT. And so an attacker had gained access to the SCADA system, which is the control system at the water treatment plant. And uh, if they did this remotely through something called TeamViewer, which is an application many support technology organizations use. And uh, somehow they knew it was open. And uh, further research indicates that it looks like there was something called a honeypot website where – Somebody had an email at that Oldsmar location with a URL that they wanted to click. And this URL looked real. Uh, and all it was was data about the water industry. So they clicked on it, went out there, and looked. And what they didn't know is behind the scenes, they were gathering data about all the computers at this facility. And that's how they figured out about TeamViewer being left on. They got the IP address. They remote it in. And what happened was one of the operators was – watching the screens and happened to notice the mouse was moving unassisted. Can you imagine? And uh, what happened was they saw that the sodium hydroxide uh, got changed from 100 parts to a million to about 11,100 parts per million. Now that could do some serious damage to humans. Um, Thankfully, the guy saw it. He stopped it, reported it, uh, but there were a lot of things contributing factors that we could talk about that really led up to this breach. I mean, it could have it could have really poisoned a lot of people. But thank thank the good Lord he he stopped it when he did.
0: Rather than talking about how the um, the the attacker got in, let's talk about ways to defend against that. What what should the maybe we have to understand both to understand the defense? But what are what are some of the things that? That the utility should do in order to fend off the cyber attack.
1: All right. Well, well, first of all, they were. You heard me say something earlier about people, process, and technology, and that really is a good way to divide out an attack plan for defending. Because you know, in a war, you've got to defend uh, as well as be, you know, offense and defense. So I divide those into those three categories, and as it relates to process. Um, For this organization, cybersecurity had been, for quite some time, too expensive. You know, they just didn't want to throw the money at it. That was kind of a – that was a failing point, right? They did not have a strong password policy in place. In fact, all the network computers there were using the same password. So, I mean, had they just employed a complex password policy – Kind of like what we were talking about—something twelve characters or more. This would not have happened, even if they didn't have, you know, a firewall in place. That strong password policy—you um, know, coming up with some sort of a password phrase, inserting upper and in lower case and special characters—will save you in the end. Um, there was no cybersecurity audit processes here at CUD. We have a couple of year. And then I, every other year, we hire someone, a different cybersecurity auditing firm, to come in and just validate, just test us, do some penetration tests. Um, so there was none of that happening. Um, they didn't have something called a virtual private network. Normally, for remote access into your work, you have to get on the VPN, that virtual private network, that software that's installed on your local laptop and on your works network, and when that happens, that encrypts and secures your data transmission that was not in place. They had no firewall. Um, So I've just listed about six different things, not even counting the fact that TeamViewer, a remote access application was left up. So there's seven items, you know, strong password, have a firewall, have a VPN in place, Don't use the same password across all computers. Uh, Don't leave remote access applications like TeamViewer running. You know, SCADA, those type of OT solutions, infrastructure, applications should not be connected to the IT side of the network. They should be absolutely separate. That would have, you know, taking those steps would have ensured a non-event.
0: Yeah. What, what about uh, employee training regimens and like two-factor authentic- authentication? What,
1: oh, that's great. That's really do good. Can you talk, so, about,
0: talk about those?
1: Yeah. Um, so you, you mentioned earlier that really we are the, the gatekeepers per se, and we are, we are the most important part of security, we being the employees. So having some sort of cyclical, monthly, quarterly, yearly training as it relates to cybersecurity and those dangers. Here at CUD, we use some tools to help us accomplish this. We use something called Phishing Box. It's a website that allows us to craft emails and craft training from those emails that then gets sent to our users and they never know when it's coming and who it's coming from. It might be Valentine's Day and it looks like a Valentine's Day offer from Starbucks, but really it's a phishing attempt. And then if you happen to select on it, it takes you to the training of what just happened, why you wouldn't want to select on it, and the things you can do to protect yourself. So we do that, and we also, um, like you talked about, um, it's certainly important to try to get on the front end of the training and not necessarily um, an in-event training. So we send out a quarterly email to make sure that, you know, hey, here's some awareness, here's what's going on. Something for you to think about from our side. Now, you talked about other forms of authentication, two-factor. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> that is certainly a way that would allow you know, something you know and something you have. So, for example, something you know is your password, and something you have might be a cell phone that gets a text that then you input after you authenticate. Um, turning that on is suggested by... Microsoft, Cisco, uh, you name it. Nowadays, Google, your Gmail, your, your personal email, it's all being suggested, turn on your multi-factor or two-factor authentication.
0: Yep, absolutely, absolutely. And I know that like in, in our trainings, one of the things they've always emphasized in the in the trainings we do at least is that, uh, in, especially in spear phishing, they try to make urgency uh, one of the, the main things you know, focuses because the the spearfishing attempt will will make it seem like you've got a reply right now, and so you know, kind of logic goes out the window, right? When you're
1: yeah, when you're- along those lines, we get that weekly here. Um, if you if you can imagine, you know, uh, someone sending an email. This happens last week. It happened two weeks before that. But someone in our finance department receives an email. Um, even sometimes our administrative assistant to our GM, you know, the top, the top dog here, they'll get an email and it'll say it's from our general manager, Roger Goodson. Um, and it's him asking for, Hey, can you give me the credit card information? I got to pay this bill. I need to do this quickly. And exactly what you said, it's urgent. I need it now. I got to have it. And unless you look closely at that, that email address, um, you might be fooled. I mean, it happens all the time. And that's another thing. <clears throat> with spoofing emails in a spear phishing attempt, spoofing is to look like one email when really it's it's another clandestine, you know, secure email somewhere else. Um, when that happens, uh, if you're not paying attention to the from, I mean, you could easily uh, reply with the this, the very sensitive information to the wrong person.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, in in terms of uh, all the, all that we've seen, you know, we've seen this uptick in cyber attacks. We know that utilities have been targeted. What, what are kind of the recommendations that you have in terms of what utilities ought to be doing from a cyber perspective?
1: Well, number one, make sure that uh, you've got staff and resources in place to make sure, you know, to ensure that you're managing it, making it a priority. Number one, make sure your cybersecurity teams and resources have the budget necessary. You know, it's just a cost of doing business in today's world. If you think about it, even our, you know, something as simple as our security systems and cameras could be overtaken, and that data could be hijacked and used for all kinds of malicious purposes. So you know, even things like uh, something as innocent as letting people in and out of the building, could you could literally lock everyone out. Uh, so having budget to ensure that you can manage it properly is, is number one. Number two, um, you talked about training the end users. You really hit the nail on the head when you said that, you know, we are the ones that are the gatekeepers. We're there. We're the ones receiving emails. We're the ones on a daily basis. Ninety percent of those emails that come and end up in a malware attack come through us. So you got to have a pretty stringent training program in place. And unfortunately, you can't just tell them. you got to tell them what you told them and then remind them again what you told them. So it's got to be cyclical. we got to we got to keep it live. Um, I would strongly encourage some sort of an outside uh, influence to come in, whether it's a cybersecurity team, someone that you know, you're familiar with, or if you're not familiar with, there, anyone's welcome to reach out to me and I can help guide you. But some sort of an audit process in place to ensure, number one, you know we're transparent here. Here's who we are. Uh, number two, uh, if there is anything around, they'll find it. And then you can get into some real practical things. That password policy is the number one thing that I encourage all organizations to employ. you got to implement this. Um, make sure it's long enough, 12 characters or more, and it has to be complex. So you need uppercase, lowercase, and some special characters. That really saves you uh, any issues. For example, um, you know, we talked about Earlier, you talked about the cyber threats that are happening constantly, specifically, you know, since the Ukraine invasion, um, and how it relates to the water industry at CUD. On a monthly basis, whether it's programmatic or if it's some person out there, we have our firewall and our intrusion detection prevention systems monitor, and we get around ten to twelve thousand attack attempts every month. Wow! Yeah, that number talking- incredible. Yeah, we're talking, you know, between 150,000 and 200,000 attempts per year for a small utility in Middle Tennessee. Um, so that tells me a lot of things. They're always looking. If you if you were to put a honeypot outside of your and we did that, we did test. We took a laptop and we took it from out behind the IDS IPS and firewall, and it literally didn't take but a day or two, and it was it was <laughs> full of attempts to try to hack and attack. But if, if you've got the strong password policy in place, that helps. But you also have to, the, have, to have the infrastructure. Um, you've got to have good firewalls in place. Those are devices designed to keep the bad guys out. Um, the, the number one thing in cybersecurity design and protection is layers. So let's just think of, think of it in, in terms of you know football. The, the, the best offense is a great defense. So we're going to put out a strong line of defense with a firewall. Then we're going to have intrusion and detection prevention devices behind that, just in case something were to get through. So now we got two layers. Now, at each server, at each switch, we're going to have applications running that then protect that particular device. So that's layer three. At each person's laptop, they're going to have malware protection running. That's layer four. We're going to train the employees to spot certain things because, like you said, They're the eyes on and hands on. They're the ones that are seeing it every day. If it does happen to get through, it's probably going to be an email. If you see some interesting, odd looking file, you've been trained to see it. So now we're up to five layers of protection before anyone can even get to our data. Um, That's what I would encourage them to do.
0: Yeah. Great advice. Well, you know, Mike, you've been awesome today. I really have appreciated speaking with you and Uh, learning a little about cybersecurity. For those who want to find out more about you and your work, where can they go to get that information?
1: Sure. Um, Reach out to cudrc.com. I am Mike Sumner, M-S-U-M-N-E-R at cudrc.com. That's my email. You can give me a call, um, call the main number here at CUD, um, and they can then direct you to my office phone. Um, I'd be glad to help. You know, we're all in this together. Uh, one industry gets hit, one person in the water stream, water industry gets hit. I mean, it's unfortunate. Uh, so, you know, if we can keep each other strong, um, secure, protected, you know, I'd like to do my part.
0: Awesome, great message. Uh, thank you so much, Mike. And we'll talk to you soon.
1: Great,
0: thank you. Great interview by Mike sharing some cybersecurity basics, and I really liked his contextual explanation of the Oldsmar, Florida cyber attack during Super Bowl week. Uh, Great insights from Mike there. Well, I'd love to know what you thought about the interview. Please check out the show notes for this page. You can just go Google the Water Values podcast. That takes you to our landing page on Bluefield Research's website. Again, as I say, every time we release an episode, the Water Values LLC and Bluefield Research are not affiliates. We just have a joint marketing arrangement, and as part of that, Bluefield Research is kind enough to provide us a home on the web. So thanks to the Bluefield folks uh, for giving us a home on the web. You can also tweet about the podcast using the hashtag watervalues and tweet at me using my handle at DTM1993. You can email me at david.mcgimsey at dentons.com, and you can sign up for the newsletter on the landing page on our home on the web as well. Thank you for tuning in, and I hope you make it a great day. Plus, I want to give a huge thank you again to our sponsors. Sponsors of the Water Values Podcast include 374 Water, Woodard & Curran, Interra, Xylem, the American Water Works Association, Black & Veatch, Can Do, and Mentor APM. This show would not be possible without those great companies and industry leaders, so thank you. And again, thank you for your support and for listening. I can't tell you how good it feels to be a part of the water industry with such great and caring and dedicated participants. And I, get to, I feel privileged that I get to work with each and every one of you uh, and interact with folks uh, on a daily basis. Well, in closing, please remember to keep the core message of the Water Values Podcast in mind as you go about your daily business. Water is our most valuable resource. So please join me by going out into the world and acting like it.